to throw again. Throws one over the middle. It's tipped and it's intercepted. CJ Mosley's got it. Runs right to the 10. Welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. I'm your host, Ben Blessington, with Michael Nania. We have a very special guest uh, today, Bryce Huff, a uh, new member of the New York Jets, undrafted free agent, outside linebacker uh, from Memphis. So really excited to talk to him and break down some film. So Bryce, how are you doing, man? Uh, I guess, first of all, how are you doing with the quarantine? I mean, aside from football, uh, how has it affected your life and uh, how are you dealing with it? Uh, aside from football, I've really just been at home, just working out. Uh just really just working out, training, and just staying in the house. And that's pretty much it now. And so you uh, – the Jets have started their virtual workouts, even though they're not doing, like, the workout portion, but virtual meetings. I guess how has that gone as, as an undrafted free agent? I mean, this is normally in a normal offseason to be your first times, you know, getting to the facility and your first practices. Uh, but you're not really getting a chance to do that. Instead, you're having to do it, you know, from home. How has that adjustment been? Um, you know, because obviously you, you've been through football practices at, at, at Memphis and just kind of the adjustment from, from being a hands-on, on-the-field football player to now being, you know, working from your, from your desk almost. Uh, I mean, I feel like the transition in that way hasn't been that hard because I used to take all the online classes, so I'm kind of used to just taking notes at home and, and learning on my own. But, uh, I mean, I kind of wish I would, I would be able to go to the facility and experience that for the first time right now, but you know, with this quarantine, you got to stay at home. So I'm just, I'm just managing how, how, how I can. In those meetings, though, I, I assume you, you've probably, uh, uh, you know, at least uh, heard from Greg Williams or, or any other defensive coaches. Kind of, what are your thoughts? Your first uh, few days of, of being in New York Jets, some of the guys you've been able to talk to. Uh, you know, Coach Coach Williams is a great coach. He's he's done a lot of great things across the league. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him for his game and how he coaches and, and what he what he gets out of his players. So. Uh, you know, it's been a good experience just talking to him so far. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to really just digging into the film and digging into the playbook. Uh, so, yeah. So, to talk about the draft process a little bit, uh, your pro day got canceled. A lot of pro days got canceled. So, what kind of impact do you think that had uh, just on your process? And how did you adjust uh, not getting the chance to go through your pro day? And especially because you didn't get the chance to work out the combine. How much of an effect do you think that had? Uh, not being able to go to your pro day? I feel like it had a big effect because, uh, you know, I didn't get invited to the combine and I didn't get a chance to get in front of uh, teams and really show what I could do besides at the uh, East West Shrine game. So, um, you know, I, I went to a field out here by my house and, and recorded on my pro day, on my pro day testing, on my weights, on my uh, my 225 bench and uh, some drills and sent them in to as many teams as I could. And uh, just tried to do my best on uh, in the interviews and watching film with the different teams and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I feel like not getting to do a real pro day, not being able to do medical evaluations and stuff like that, really kind of hurt my draft grade. But uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, so I'm I'm, I'm dealing with everything as best as I can. And you mentioned that you sent in like uh, some videos of yourself working out, but in terms of the interviews, how many virtual interviews, how many different teams did you interview with and what were those interviews like? And of course, with the, did you interview with the Jets? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I did, a, I did, a, I did interviews with tons of teams. Like I think it was like 27 out of 32. 
um, got to me. So it was, I, I, there was showing a lot of interest, but, uh, you know, things didn't go the same way on draft day, apparently. But, uh, yeah, I had a I had a long interview with the Jets. We watched a lot of film, talked to a lot of the coaches, uh, people from the office and things like that, just asked me all kinds of questions. So, yeah. And what was that feeling like on draft day? I mean, I assume you, you were probably pretty pissed. Um, did you expect to get picked? Uh, and how much of a, a chip does that put on your shoulder entering the league as an undrafted free agent? Um, you know, on draft day, it was kind of a, a roller coaster. You know, I was hoping to get drafted. You know, teams were telling me, like, we're going to pick you uh, early day three. Uh, I had, you know, the coach from the Titans was like, oh, we might, we might pick you as high third round. So, you wow. know, from third round – all the way to like fifth round, I'm I'm waiting to hear my name picked, and I just never heard it. And then close to the end of the draft, uh, Coach Coach Williams reached out to me. He was like, uh, "We're gonna we're gonna uh, we're talking to you right now. We're negotiating a contract for you. Uh, we're gonna get you as soon as the draft is over." Uh, and you know, knowing like I I played in defense, the just defense at the Shrine Bowl because uh because Blake Williams was down there. He was our defensive coordinator for the week and. You know, I played rushing down there, and I, it was a great fit. You know, I loved playing in the defense. It was my type of football. Uh, so, I know once I get to the Jets facility and really put on the pads and go out there and and, and do more than just the, the bare minimum as far as the playbook goes, like really just turn it, turn it up in the in the defense. I feel like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a great job. So, uh, on draft day when they called me, I already knew where I was gonna go at that point. And you mentioned that Greg called you. Uh, in the middle of the draft that you kind of heard from him and the Jets, what is the undrafted process like? Once the, you know, once the last pick is called and the draft is over, how quick is everything going? And at what point did you know you'd be going to the Jets? Uh, I pretty much knew like before the draft was over. They were like, all right, we're, we're negotiating with their agent right now. And I was just, at that point, I was just hoping nobody else drafted me before the end of the draft. And I was like, you know, is it this like they would decide to pick me up, you know, I, I want to go somewhere where people know how to use me. They already have a plan for me, and they already know what I'm capable of. So I feel like this was by far the best, uh, the best scenario for me as far as going undrafted. So, yeah, not only that. I mean, the Jets do have a hole at edge rusher. Um, there's, I mean, it's been the hole that the Jets have been really trying to fill since John Abraham in like 2005. Um, so there's definitely an opportunity for for you to to certainly make this team and make an impact. Um, but as as a rookie, you know, you may have to play um, some special teams. You know, I saw that you played uh, a lot of special teams as a freshman at Memphis. How much do you think that helps you that you have that experience, especially in a potentially short offseason, that you have experience in special teams and then you can also be a versatile player and play defensively as well? Yeah, uh, I, mean, I played a lot of special teams all the way up to my junior year. Um, you know, I played predominantly on kickoff cover and kickoff return. I played a lot of kickoff return. Like, I was starting on there every every time we went on the field because, you know, we had Tony Pollard back there returning kicks. And he let the NCAA in and return yards or, or uh, returns for a touchdown or something like that because uh, he was just a beast back there. So they had they put all of our, our best players on the field, and, and we all did our jobs to make those pop off. So I have a lot of experience on there. Uh, kickoff coverage is running down and lining guys up. Uh, they had me on the – the punch shield, I didn't, I didn't play on there much. But, yeah, I feel like that experience is going to help me a lot, just knowing what to expect going into uh, the special team drums, special team meetings and stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, I'm sure I'll be playing on the point, too, on special teams as well. But uh, knowing knowing that experience is going to help me on top of what I have on defense is kind of encouraging going into this uh, training camp. And so now as we kind of – we got some of your highlights here. 
and we'll break down some of these. And you were really productive this past season, which is why it was surprising you didn't go undrafted. And it's why we're so happy to have you here because, you know, as Ben said, we've really been looking for some juice on the edge for so long. And you made a lot of plays last year. This first play here against SMU, you come off the edge. Um, kind of throw a little outside rib move here and get the sack. And there's no sound here, but it was so loud. It was a really crushing hit that you laid. So kind of take us through uh, your approach on this play and, and just in general, how you kind of come up with your rush plan uh, going into a given rep. How do you, when, how are you kind of forming that plan throughout the game, reacting to what uh, the tackles, the opposing linemen are doing and then putting together how you're going to approach your rush? Yeah, so um, the way our defense was set up and like how our, our coach called plays, we didn't necessarily get to rush that many times as far as uh, on base downs. Like, we only rushed on third downs. Or if there was, like, a true uh, passing situation, that's the only time our coach really cut us loose. So every other time that uh, we would get to rush, we would always have to read on the first. We would have to go through a progression first. But on this particular play, we had one of those uh, first-year passing calls. I think the call was, like, sharp. It was, like, a blitz for us. And uh, coaches like pin your ears back and go get them because the game they they still had an opportunity to come and win the game at this point of the game. So uh, I know I had to make a play. So I just came off the ball. You see, he has those low hands right there, and I just swatted him. And uh, he fell he fell over me, and I just leaned into him and and used his weight against him to get around the edge. And the quarterback ended up not stepping up, stepping up in the pocket, and he was just right there. So I just ran through him. And Bryce, when you have an opportunity like that where you know it's going to be a passing down, let's say it's third and fifteen. Uh, what would be what would you say is your go-to pass rush move or your favorite move if if it's any situation where you know the quarterback's gonna have to pop, you know pass the ball let's say you're up you know twenty points or whatever what would you say is your, your favorite go-to uh, pass rush move? Um, I would say my go-to is just speed, just beating the guy off the ball, just leaving him behind. You know, especially if especially if I know the cadence, I'm definitely just gonna get that jet lane going and just get all as fast as I can to run by somebody. I, I mean, that's good. That, that's good to hear as the Jets, as we've mentioned, of, of definitely locking some speed off the edge. So really excited to hear that. On this next play, I mean, there's a lot going on in the backfield, uh, you know, motion, and, and you kind of sniff this one out and get a, you know, seven-yard tackle for loss. What goes into to recognizing a play like that? Is, is that, you know, mostly film study, or would you say it's, it's you know, more your instinct and just sniffing out a play and your football IQ? I would say on this play, it would probably, probably be film and just uh, instinct. Um, you know, that that's a guy – I forgot what his number was, but we had him pinned for a jet sweep early in the week, and I watched film to see what that looks like. You know, he did the little motion and then goes back across the field. And uh, I just knew it was going to come at that point. I, didn't, I, didn't, I couldn't see the quarterback running the ball, so I just I just ran out of field and got him. And so, like, when you're looking at film throughout the week, and you mentioned that you keyed in on uh, – I think he's 86. I can't really see it, but uh, you can go back to that play, Ben. Yeah, uh, when you're looking at film study throughout the week is uh, when you come up on the line, what are you kind of looking for to anticipate this play? Because, you know, there are other options there. The quarterback could have kept it. He could have handed it off here. Uh, so what are the key things you're looking for to recognize some of the things that you notice when you're looking at the film throughout the week? Um, well, right here, you know, they got, they got back there. Lined up, he lined up in the backfield. So we had, a, we had an alert, I think. It was called like Superman alert. Like he's in the backfield, watch for the sweep. Like, there's a high probability that he's going to run it. So, yeah, that's what I saw in the backfield that let me know that that was about to happen. And I just keyed off of him and just ran upfield and got him. 
And, and Bryce, what would you say? Uh, I mean, obviously this isn't a sack, but a tackle philosophy. We see, you know, you do the, uh, I don't know what the name is, but a lot of Jets players have done that in the past. The arm locking celebration. Once you get a sack or a big play, what would you say your, your, is your go-to uh, celebration dance? I just, I get up. I'm always so hype. I, I honestly can't even remember what I do. I just get up like screaming and flexing, I guess. <laughs> so it's just, it's pure emotion. All right. That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> Michael, you got this, uh, this next play? Yeah, so on, on this play, and uh, I actually posted this on Twitter. I really like this play because the Jets have, and they're really building now, just a defense full of guys uh, who are going to hustle and make plays like this. Jamal Adams has made so many plays just hustling across the field to save touchdowns, and you make that one here, uh, chasing this play down. But what's interesting to me is that because as much as you want to hustle and be able to get over there and make the play, you also don't want to overrun it uh, and give the back or whoever's carrying the ball a chance uh, to cut back on you. So uh, on this play in particular, what, uh, how'd you make this play? But just, just in general, when you're chasing down after a play, how do you balance kind of being able to get back into it and make the play, but also not overrunning the play? Yeah, you can kind of see me slow down at the end right there. Because I, I had, like, my angle was kind of behind him based off of where he's about to turn up field. I don't want to end up knocking him into the pylon or something like that or, or giving him an extra boost into the end zone. So I try to, like, twist him back and, and stop it before the before uh, the end zone right there. But, uh, you know, Navy's a tough team. They have a lot of fast guys. So we just have to – we were working on our angles all week, angles to the sideline, like shutting down the option. So, uh, yeah, I already had it in my mind. I'm going to end up chasing somebody down in this game. So. Yeah, and, and Bryce, with this next play as well as you'll see, it's a play against Tulane, another you know great open field tackle. But you know, I'm curious by the technique that goes into to plays like this. You know, specifically when you're diving low at a guy, you you take him down purely by his his left leg. Is there a specific target point when you're when you're trying to make an open field tackle? You know, specifically like this when you're going low, are you targeting that leg, or is it just kind of by any means necessary bring him down? Uh, on this play, it was it was by any means necessary. I remember this game because we were going. It was Tulane, and they weren't necessarily pinned to be like contenders in our league this, uh, my junior year, and uh, they were beating us. Like they were up on us, I think, by three points. No, they were. We were tied right here, and they were going in for a touchdown. But they had been drilling us and just gashing us all game. And I just, I was supposed to have contained right here, and uh, I saw where the, uh, I saw the running back runs to the opposite side of the field. Like he was running away from me, and I was like, "The quarterback's not about to keep this." So I just ran and just and just wrapped him up. Yeah, and it looks like you're because you recognize this really quickly. You just come right off the backside and make that play, uh, even though you know, like you said, you had contained the quarterback. You know, could have kept the ball and rolled out. So, is there anything in particular you recognize here uh, to make that play in the running back and you know, passing off on the quarterback and going for the handoff? Oh. Uh, just because they've been handing it off all night, and that's what they've been doing. And I, I'm uh, there was a, a safety behind me that's playing the uh, I was playing the quarterback keeper too, so uh, I didn't have to I didn't have to uh, check down right here and, and make sure the quarterback didn't keep it. Yeah, and this next play here is a uh, going back into the passing game. Uh, this one here, you're standing up on the sack against Houston, uh, and you throw a, a swim move here over the top and get him. So just what's the diff the biggest differences between rushing with your hand in the dirt uh, compared to where you're standing up, like on this one? Uh, I, I said the biggest difference is uh, the, I would, for me, it's either if I'm standing up, like I have a faster step. My first step is faster. Cause I'm leaning over my, I'm le I get to lean over 
my foot before I get off. But uh, when my hands are in the dirt, it's like I, I've set I've set them up for a move, or or I know what I'm gonna work. Whether it's like a counter, or I'm gonna hit with a power move, or a power to speed. Uh, it just kind of depends on what I'm setting them up for, or the situation. If it's run or pass, like if I know it's run, and I'm gonna have to um, take on a, a 300 pound run, a 300 pound lineman, I'm not gonna be standing up because I have less power, you know. Unless unless I'm told to do that, then in that situation I will, just depending on what we have from week to week. So it, it's it, it's really up in the air as far as who we're playing and what they like to do. Yeah, and on this play, and like obviously we're only looking at the one play, but there's just so much uh, so much that goes into each each rep because throughout the game you're really kind of developing that approach based on what they're throwing at you. But here you throw your arm over, swim move, whatever you want to call it. So what went into this move? Is this something that you were uh, kind of, did you try this throughout the game and have success with it? Was this the first time you threw it in the game? And this is a fourth and sixth play too, so really big moment for it. But uh, this move right here, how how did you come into putting that move at that particular time? Uh, I, I, I ran on the field and I gave him a little head fake right there. And, you know, he started falling inside because I guess he bit on the on the fake a little bit. And when he bit, I I, flipped, I twisted my hips. And then I just used that swim move to clear his arms and he fell off and I just ran got the set. Yeah, and Bryce, we, we had a former Jets defensive lineman, Mike DeVito, on the show to break down some film a few weeks ago, and he talked about you know, how much of a battle it is throughout the game, how a lot of times you're setting up things to, to try on uh, later in the game. Uh, and Michael mentioned, you know, had, had you tried this move or before and, and, and whatnot. How, how much does that play into a game when you get into the second half, you know, the third and the fourth quarter? You've gone up against this guy. It's been an absolute war for, you know, three quarters maybe. Um, Kind of just how does that that impact the the types of pass rush moves that that you run? I mean, do you do you pride yourself on being the type of player that gets better as the game goes on, or do you yeah. feel that that it's that it's you know a, a technique versus technique battle? Uh, it's definitely I yeah I definitely agree with what he said as far as setting moves up, but I don't think for me it, it goes from quarter to quarter. It's more like from play to play. Uh, it's like if I say I say I beat a guy. Uh, with the power move, I just bull, bull rush him and I get to the quarterback. The next play, he's going to be sitting kind of kind of heavy on his feet, like he's not going to be as uh, he's not going to be as loose moving and shifting with me. Uh, if I come off like I'm about to bull him again and say he's thinking I'm about to bull rush him and I just dip the edge on him and then he's just standing there, you know, I, that's that's kind of how I look at it. You know, I talked to uh, uh, coach coach uh, Blake about coach Blake Williams about um, like the game of rock paper scissors, like you beat somebody with scissors. And then they're gonna pull out the rock the next go around. And then when they pull out the rock, you you hit them with paper. You know, you're just kind of always switching it up on them. So that's how I like to think about it. Right. I mean, I think that's that's a good point because you know, as a fan, you never really think about how much of uh, of a high IQ you have to have to be a defensive lineman and and setting things up. I think a lot of times fans just think it's like you know you just see ball get ball. But yeah, there is a lot that that goes into to setting up offensive linemen. With this next play, uh, this next play against SMU. Uh, I kind of just want you to just take us through what happens and what's going on in your mind here, because this is a great play by you. Uh, and again, another just devastating hit. Um, but it seems like, you know, a lot's going on with, the, with your hand movement. Um, so just, I, again, just kind of, I mean, I don't know if you remember the exact situation you were in, in this play, but uh, how did you kind of set up this right tackle? What were some of the things you see from him um, and, and kind of take us through this move that you used uh, uh, so brilliantly? Uh, you know, he had high sitting hands. We pinned him early in the week as the week link on their offensive line. Um, I, I remember this game. It was early in the first half. 
uh, I think it was like the first or second drive, and uh, I was just beating him with speed. And then he he put his hands out there. They were just sitting out there, and I just hit him. And that's when I won because I beat his hands. But, uh, yeah, we definitely had him pinned early in the week for a, a speed rush or a, a scissors move to get around the edge. So that's that's pretty much what went into it. And he and he throws his hands there, like when you're, and that's kind of how you win. He throws his hands, and you kind of deflect them. So uh, when you're going into that rush, into that rush, are you preparing for him to throw his hands late like that, or is it mostly just instinct when you're able to deflect hands like that? Um, it, it depends on who it is. Some 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 guys put it on film that they uh, shoot their hands at an exact point of the rush, like at the top of the rush right there. He always shoots his hands at the top of the rush. But some guys will hit you early. Some guys are a bit more patient, so uh, you have to you have to kind of feel it out on some on some guys. But uh, uh, on this one, I kind of knew at the top of the rush he's gonna try to shoot him before I can be in the edge. So I just waited until he shot him and I, I swiped him. And this next play after that is another sack, a pretty big one in the end zone, a safety actually. Uh, and this one's a lot different because it's not actually going one on one against someone, but. Uh, kind of what did you see here in terms of – because it looks like you were supposed to be covering uh, – it looks like the H back there, but quarterback sits, sits, uh, sits back there, the coverage is pretty good, and you pick up the safety. So when, when, did, when, was, when is your key uh, to come off of that and go after the quarterback and finish that play? Um, I, I'm pretty sure – yeah, the tight end was supposed to be blocking me right there, and then linebacker was blitzing inside. He, the tight end, he squeezed down to pick up the linebacker, and I, I just came free. Um, it was really designed for me to run back there like that. Uh, so it was just interesting, like, all right, he blocked down. I'm going to just go make a play at that point. It was just playing football. Just in general, like, when, when do you kind of get the key to kind of break off what your assignment is and just go make a play? Um, most of the time it happens, like, after you do your assignment, like, say, uh, on this play, on a particular play, I have to squeeze down. And then uh, the court, like, say I'm reading the QB, QB dive or whatever, and I have to squeeze down a second with the dive, and the quarterback takes it and tries to beat me to the edge. Then I, I just break off from the dive because he doesn't have the ball and just take off and you know, it's just on the quarterback or something like that. But right here, I mean, my assignment was to keep contained. So this is this is technically my assignment still, but I was just going out and just uh, making a play right here. But, uh, yeah, it just that also depends on game to game. Like some games, uh, coaches just be like, once you make your assignment, just go, go, uh, go make a play. Like that's just part of football. Yeah, you know, that's no. kind of like. Well, I'm sorry, not, not to cut you off. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, like my coaches say all the time, like you guys are football players, like your assignment, if it is there, then go make a play. Yeah, I was kind of curious to see how, fo- you know, football coaches would react to that because you always hear Bill Belichick talk about, you know, do your job. Um, and it's kind of a balance between, you know, you want to make sure you do your job, but you also want to have the, the instincts uh, to be able to read a play and if something breaks down and, and make a play, because if, if you're wrong, if you guess wrong and, you know, let's say the halfback slips out and catches a screen or whatever for 20 yards, you know, you, you know, your ass is, is going to be uh, yelled at by, by the coach. So, so I'm always kind of curious to see um, it, it just clearly goes into the film study and the preparation um, that, that you have to have uh, as a player. Uh, we asked you uh, for some of the, the top NFL um, edge rushers that, that you'd be interested in watching. Uh, and one of the guys you mentioned was Aaron Donald. So we have like four plays here from him, and then we'll have some other guys. Uh, and we're just going to run through them. Uh, you can stop the plays if you see anything that's interesting to you. But kind of what are some of the things from Aaron Donald that, that just stand out to you uh, as a football player? And what are some of the things that, that you try to emulate in your own game? It's how slippery he is and how good he is at being elusive within the, 
within the trenches like that. Like, he just slipped between two guys. Like, that kind of stuff is what I try to – what I'm going to try to continue to get – like, elevate in my games, how slippery he is and then how good he is with his hands, you know. He works at cross shot, yeah, like that. And he just, he's just so clean to all his moves. So that's something I'm really trying to get better at, just working on all my moves and just being precise with my movements. Yeah, would you say that's the number one thing that you've been working on uh, since the end of your senior season heading into to the draft prospect uh, draft process? You said, would that be the number one? Yeah, would that be the, the, you know, if you had to choose one thing, a weakness or not even just a weakness, just something you're trying to work on um, heading into your career as an NFL player, would you say that's the number one thing that you're trying to, to work on or is there something else that you've been really focusing on? Uh, just de- Definitely just movement, just like being more, being more precise in my movements, not wasting steps. You know, just coming coming off the line, like running games like he did, or not necessarily games, but just moving across the line and, and being able to change direction how, how he does is something that I've been trying to implement. And it's interesting with Donald because that like he's only 6'1", and he's able to dominate in there. Uh, and, we, and we hear all the time about how the low man wins in football pretty much all the time. So uh, what is it about Donald, just his leverage that he's able to play with uh, because, you know, most guys that, at being at 6-1 on the inside shouldn't be able to dominate the way he does. So how is he able to, uh, at that size, be able uh, to make some of the plays he's making here and, and just in general dominate on a consistent basis, even though he's undersized? I feel like it has a lot to do with his play strength. I mean, he's like – I watched the videos, the, um, the, the peer reviews, where they, where they vote for the best player in the league. And uh, all the all the linemen are always talking about how strong he is. Like he's a man. Like he's a real beast of a man. Like he he'll take on a triple team and beat every one of them. And that uh, has to do with his play strength and his his center of gravity. Like if you just see how he changes direction, like anybody else would not be able to turn the edge as tight as he does and 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 go make a play like that. So he definitely has a low center of gravity and great balance too. And to move on to the other three guys that you brought up. Second one here, Yannick Ngakwe, who is, uh, you know, probably still probably going to be moving on from the Jaguars at some point. Uh, still don't <laughs> hey, know maybe your future teammate. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be awesome to see him uh, with the team that he's smoking right here, actually. Yeah. But uh, he's definitely <laughs> one of the slippery, most slippery guys uh, in the league. Just has so much, so much juice out there on the edge. Uh, so what are some of the things that you emulate uh, from his game? And I look up to him a lot in the in the passage game. Uh, he works a mean cross chop as well. Like he just works on him. He crossed the chop. He crossed the weight like inside. Uh, he he works the outside cross chop. You know he he turns his hips and, and bends the edge well, and just goes and gets the ball out almost every time he's the quarterback. He's popping a ball out somewhere. Like uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Sam, I, Sam Darnold fumbled at least once or twice in this Jacksonville game just because of him. Yeah, I mean he has a knack for getting the ball out. Like every time I watch this film. I always see him going up and just jumping across and just booming it every time. And this last one here against the Jets is that um, – and it looks like he actually tried to throw it there, but this one against the Jets, he throws uh, kind of that cross-chop move that he's known for. He wins with it so much. So kind of how does he set up this move? Uh, and and how, how is he just able to be so successful at this move right here? Uh, from what I can – he, he lines with kind of wide. And you see he runs right at the lineman. That's like he's – the way he, he's running right at him, he's – I, I'm, I'm thinking he will be making the lineman like think, oh, it's power. Like he's running straight at me. And then right as soon as he makes contact, like right when the lineman starts leaning in to make a co- contact to stop a power move, he jumps outside and, make, and works that cross chop. So 
I don't think he I don't think he would really have to set this up with anything but his get off. Yeah, I mean that's uh, just even just you hearing you break that down, I just you realize how impressive of a player he is. Um, one of the other guys you mentioned was Khalil Mack. Um, kind of same questions. I mean, what are some of the things that stand out from his game? And then again, what you know, what do you try to take from from another one of these top NFL players? Yeah, uh, Khalil Mack. He's not like an incredibly tall guy. He's been like six two and a half, six three. Uh, so he has a bit of leverage on, on guys too. Like right there, that good leverage it helps him get power up under that tackle's pads and just lift him and dump him. Uh, so that's something I've been trying to get better at too. Just being able to stay low and work. Work that work that long arm across the edge. I'm working on my strength and my shoulders and my my arms and stuff like that. So I'm really going to be trying to use that this this year, uh, setting up Salami to get put on the bus like that. So, yeah, and Bryce, you know, one of the other things too is like, as a defensive lineman, you're kind of in a way losing a lot of uh, a lot of the snaps just because you know anytime uh, the QB gets a throw off, it's it's almost a win for the offensive lineman. Um, uh, in, in a game sense, but when you're, when your rush gets shut down, what are some of the first things that you try to, to try to look to do? I mean, are you trying to reset and, and come back in? Are you looking to swat the ball? Um, are you looking to sit back and, and see if the QB is going to keep it himself? Just on an unsuccessful play for you, if you don't get that first, you know, get off and you're not in the QB's face in two or three seconds, what are some of the things you, you try to do to still make, you know, your presence felt on a play? Yeah, I've had, I had trouble with that in college. I feel like uh, I would get locked up and then I wouldn't know what to do next. Uh, like, I didn't really have anybody coaching me as far as what you do when you, if you lose a if you lose a, a, a rep. But uh, during – while training in Texas for the uh, – for my pro day, uh, my my uh, my position coach used to tell me if you get locked up, you got to work the elbows. You got to get out of that – out of that locked position. Because if you're locked up, you're out of the play. Like, that's a complete loss. You want to be always active. You want to always be moving around and making plays. So, um, and if I get locked up in the league, I'm definitely going to be working the elbows and ripping out of it or uh, breaking up from the inside and getting, getting gaining control back in the run game or something like that or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely how I'm going to be working. Or if I'm in a path position, I'm definitely going to try to spin out of it or uh, just work power if they, if they set me correctly work a power move and uh and get some pressure on the quarterback and you mentioned a spin move the guy who probably is most known for that in the league uh the fourth guy that you mentioned here von miller uh probably most known for that spin move than anyone else in the league we got a couple of plays here from the super bowl actually uh where he was the mvp a couple of years ago in 2015 can we pause it for a second so, i want to yeah. get bryce's thoughts on this should cam newton have done yeah this yeah we gotta talk about that <laughs> just all of a sudden i'm really he got in trouble for this for not diving, making a business decision. What's what's what are your personal thoughts on this? Uh, I kind of feel like he definitely could have got that ball if he would have just laid it out as soon as it happened. He saw the ball and he kind of like creeped towards it, like right there. He would have just laid it out. They definitely would have gotten that, but uh, he did it. And in the Super Bowl, like that's the that's the whole reason you play football to win a Super Bowl. Like, what are you what are you saving your body for at that yeah. point? I, right. Honestly, long career. I understand as a career to continue, but like. That's the team. That's the coaching staff. That's the whole, like, Panthers fan base. Like, that's everything that you work for, and you just don't go – like, you got to go in there and make that happen, in my opinion. Yeah, and Miller is the one making that happen. And, like, I feel like he just – Von Miller just sets the bar so high with what he's able to do. Uh, like, on that first play, just how he's able to dip around the edge like that and get his hand on the football. Not a, a lot of guys – are able to do uh, to do that. So, just in general, what are some of the things you take away 
from his game. And obviously he is such just a great athlete, has a lot of things that you can't teach. But in terms of his technique, what are some things you take away from him? Uh, in general, just how fast he is on his get off. You know, a great get off always sets up an even better pass move. Uh, so, or yeah, an even better pass rush move. So his get off, uh, his 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 balance when he's turning the edge and how low he gets, and then how he works off of linemen. Like when he sets up a move like that spin move, he just hit. You know, the lineman was anticipating speed most likely, and then he just spun spun inside and, and hit it. So. Yeah, geez. I mean, he's an absolute physical specimen. If you had to rank these these four uh, edge rushers that you gave us, I mean, obviously that's a hard job because they're all you know so amazing at what they do. If you had to rank them, though, uh, how would you, how would you put them? Edge rushers, based on my favorite right now, uh, like based off of the recent recent like games and stuff, I would say like my my favorite as far as like their style of play, I would definitely go with. Uh, Yannick first, just because, like, I like how he moves and just how elusive he is. And then he's, like, one of the younger guys. Like, he works new moves that people haven't seen as often on the edge recently. Like, a lot of people like working speed and dipping the edge, but he works that cross shot better than anybody in the league right now, in my opinion. Uh, and then I would say uh, Aaron Donald. Like, the only reason – I don't have Aaron Donald number one because he's not an edge rusher. He's an interior lineman. So, right. Uh, he's, he's just a beast of a player, like, absolute – dog he always wins all the time and then uh then i would say von miller and then khalil matt is, is there anyone in the league who you think kind of doesn't get enough respect in terms of pass rushing or, or just overall on the edge uh who do you think is the most underrated in your mind uh i would say shaq Barrett from tampa i definitely feel like he needs a lot more praise like he just got like like 18 and a half 19 stacks this past season yeah. Like, that's insane. Like, he definitely should have. What was it? I think he got snubbed for defensive player of the year or something like yeah. that. Like, he was, like I saw it when, when he was in Miami, I think. That's when they released the uh, the awards. But he was, like, in the in the auditorium with his with his uh, his wife, and they were watching. He was like, dang, I really just got snubbed out of an award. Like, I, I completely agree. Like, he, like he should have gotten that. And, Bryce, as far as your personal goals for this year – uh, might not be defensive player of the year in year one, but what are some of the goals that you have, you know, aside from, from making the team and, and, you know, making your presence felt, let's say you make the team, what are some goals that you think you'd like to set out for yourself um, uh, um, for your rookie season? You know, I, I, I haven't said, I haven't really sat down and really just thought about it, but I, I want to like, I feel like if you're not striving to be the absolute best player or the absolute best at what you're doing, there's no point in doing it. So I definitely want to, set the bar as high as possible. One of my goals is just to be rookie defensive player of the year. You know, a lot of people are like, what? Like, Bryce up? Like, who is this guy? Like, no, it's possible. I, I have the same opportunities as everybody else on the field. You know, uh, I'm going to go out there and do everything in my power to put myself in the best position to win it. Uh, and then just help my team win as many games as possible. Like, going out there, doing my job, and making plays that I know I can make, and making plays that I'm not supposed to make as well. Like, just being a freak out there. And uh, just doing my best, and then you know, hopefully we get into the playoffs and, and and work for a Super Bowl. Like I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be the best. Like if I'm if I'm doing, it, I want to be the best at it. So yeah, I think that that's music to to Jets fans' ears. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, we're we're excited to watch you play. Um, you know, I I saw before you know uh, the you know the whole quarantine 
uh, had blown up and all the pro days had gotten canceled that this could be, you know, the best, one of the best undrafted free agent classes of all time, just if, if all these pro days get canceled and they eventually did, you know, the majority of the league is an undrafted or undrafted free agents. Uh, and, and I certainly think you deserve to be drafted after, after looking at all this, but I'm, I'm glad you weren't in, in a way, just because I'm excited to watch you work um, with the jets this season. Uh, last thing um, for, for jets fans who, who haven't watched too much of you, obviously they've gotten a little chance um, to watch some of your plays today. Uh, kind of your pitch to Jets fans or, or even to Greg Williams is what you're bringing to this defense. Um, you know, obviously you talked about your goals, but as, as a player, what do you think you bring to the field on Sundays? Uh, I, I like to control the energy. Like when I'm on the field, everybody around me feels my energy. Like when I make plays, the guys around me are like back at Memphis, the guys around me were hype. Like and we all turned up. Like if, if something wasn't going our way, like I, I could shift the energy on the field. So uh, I feel like people really follow my lead as far as setting an example and just vibing off my energy and keeping everything pushing as a defense. Uh, they're getting a hard worker. Like, I, I don't I don't like to leave things to chance. Like, I don't skip reps in the weight room. I don't I don't skip time in the film, in the film room. You know, uh, when it comes to nutrition, I, I take pride in what I put in my body and I make sure everything is as best it can possibly be when it comes to game day. So I don't like to leave things to chance. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a guy that likes to talk much when it comes to when it comes to, to game time, like I just like to go out there and, and leave it on the field. So that's that's something that uh, Jets fans are getting and can look forward to. Again, uh, music to Jets fans' ears. Joe Douglas, our GM, has talked a lot about um, bringing in high character guys and people who hate losing more than they love winning. And it certainly sounds like they might have found one uh, in Bryce Huff. You can follow Bryce Huff at Bryce55H on Twitter. Uh, we we got to get your followers up, man. So. Uh, Go yeah. go ahead and follow him. Um, uh, I'm I'm, accept, I'm expecting to see some fire tweets this season, Bryce. Um, yeah. Again, hope hope you're staying healthy. Uh, hope you're dealing well with the you and your family are dealing well with the the quarantine and the lockdown. Uh, and again, best of luck on your on your rookie season and, and making the team. Yes, sir. Thanks. Throw again. Throws one over the middle. It's tipped and it's intercepted. CJ Mosley's got it. Runs right. 